November 2nd, 2023, we're in Masechet Bava Kama and Daf Bet Amud Bet. If you count from the top of the Amud down, we're 17 lines down, right in the middle of the line where it says Tolada de Keren. If you recall, the Gemara is in the midst of discussing our Toldotehen Kayosebehen Olav Kayosebehen. Effectively, the Mishnah set forth for us four avot, four of the main categories with regards to damages when a person would be liable to pay for it. And the Gemara, in turn, cited from a Beraita that when we talk about those, that first of the four avot nizikin, first of the four major categories, the shor, it's really broken down to not subcategories yet, but three main categories that are a part of that main thing called shor. Your animal has three mentions in Pesukim with regards to how you're liable to pay for damages. Those are Keren, Regel, and Shen. Right? We've been dealing with Keren. What does the word Keren mean? Keren means a horn. We dealt with the Pesukim that explained to us that when the Torah is talking about Negiha, goring, it's specifically talking about goring with a horn. In turn, the Gemara, which we left off with yesterday, says, is it always with a horn? Is that what we're referring to? When the Torah describes goring and in turn damaging another, banging into it, is it only with horns? The word nigiha, lingoach, to gore, really does get connected. We learned that from two pesukim to a horn. Is it always with a horn? What if your animal doesn't have horns? What if your animal does it otherwise? Says the Gemara, tolada de keren, Maihi, question mark, right? What is the tolada? What's the subcategory, the derivative of keren? Keren is specifically with the horn. Is others as well involved? Answers the Gemara, indeed. Nigifa, neshicha, and revisa, and be'ita. Each of these four verbs, we'll define each of them again quickly, are included in keren. What are they? Nigifa, Rashi explained, means you bang into something, rather your animal does with force, and in turn damages it. It's not per se with its head or horns, it's with its body. Nishicha means it bites something, not eats it per se, but rather bites it and in turn leaves a mark and damages it. Revisa means it squats, it sits down on some objects that it finds along the way and ruins or breaks them. And Be'ita means that it kicks those objects in order to damage and uh, ruin them as well. Now each of these, as Rashi explained to us, we read at the end of the, day, at the, end of the uh, class yesterday, is each of these fall under Keren because we envision each of these as the animal not per se deriving benefit from them, but having Kavana lehazik, it has intention to damage through these actions, and therefore, the last detail that we know about Keren is relevant to each of these, and that is the first three times that any of these actions might be done to someone else's property, you'd be liable only to half the payment. That's called shortam. It's hayav behatzinezek. Shortam means the animal which has not yet been warned three times. And the Torah says, in keren, in this type of damage, this type of nezek, when you gore or you damage in such a fashion with the intention to damage, such a circumstance you pay half the first three times, and only then are you considered a shor mu'ad, a forewarned animal, which in turn has liability for full amount of payment. And that's what the Gemara has set forth for us. Forewarned owner, in other words, we're not warning and assuming that the animal's going to understand, indeed. Um, is there a killing aspect after the third time with regards to damage? What's that? You pay full. He's asking, are you putting the animal to death as well? 
It's uh, explicit in the pasuk. No, uh, you're only paying full amount. You only kill the animal when it killed the human being. Uh, we hope you uh, say maybe you'll want to kill. You know, as the owner. No, no explicit. I'm sure Muad. Maishina says the Gemara Nigiha dekare leav dichtiv ki gach nigifa nameketiv ki yigof. Uh, so the Gemara asks a very basic and simple question, and that is, as we've introduced and reviewed and realized again and again, Av, category, is defined by what the Torah mentions. If it's mentioned in the Pasuk, that's a category. It doesn't mean that the others are not a part of that uh, nezek, that damage. It means they're not considered an Av, because an Av is only that which is explicit in the Pasuk. Okay, I got it. So you told me Kerin is explicit in the Pasuk. Kerin is the circumstance where it gores with its horns. How do you find that? Because the Torah says, Ki gah shor et ish. The Pasuk describes a nigiha, which we understood with the horns. But the interesting thing and the difficult part says the Gemara is nigifa, which was the first on our list of subcategories just a moment ago, is also in the Pesukim. So it means the Pasuk talks about nigiha, which we're understanding meaning with the horns, head first. But it also talks about nigifa. I'll read you the second pasuk. So the first pasuk we were referring to is vechi gachshor et ish. It means if an animal gores a person, our understanding was with its horns. We learned that yesterday. Now there's another pasuk. Not too long afterwards, it's seven pesukim later in Shemot Perek Kaf Aleph. It says vechi gof shor ish et shor ehu vamet. So the pasuk over here says if an animal. Um, if an animal, what's it called, uh, um, uh, sounds like, pushes into another animal and in turn kills them. Well, that's, that's also explicit in the Pasuk. So why is it that you told me that we have nigiha slash kerin, the goring with the horn being a av, but nigifa, the pushing, not being an av, it's also a pasuk in the Torah. Why do you decide that one's an av and the other's a tolada? One's the category and the other's a subcategory. Answers the Gemara, you misunderstood. And here's the misunderstanding just to state it clearly. Whereas you and I might use a word as being different than another, the Torah might equate the two. In other words, the Gemara in a, mo- in a moment ago uh, distance said to us, Nigifa and its mention of nigifa was to push is one of the derivatives. That's right. That's the word the rabbis use for pushing forcibly. The Torah uses that same word nigifa, but it doesn't mean with its body. It means with its head as well. It's a little bit confusing. Why would the rabbis do that? The rabbis are searching for a word to say push with your body. They use the word nigifa. They confuse us a little because although the Torah uses that same word and we'd imagine it means the same thing, that's not what it means. We're about to learn that nigifa is identical in Torah language, in God's language, to nigiha. Nigifa, nigiha. Do you follow? It's not wasting a word. The Gemara will in turn, says, asks Eli, the Gemara then will say, so then why the Torah use different words? If it means the same thing, why use different words? Okay, you're too ahead of me, right? First things first, it means that the Torah is not talking about two separate types of actions. They're really the same thing. So if I'm talking about my categories, I'll mention only Kirin when you go head on with your horns because both Nigiha and Nigifa mean the same thing. Of course, the second question will be, then why does the Torah change its wording? But first things first, we answered our question. Why is it now Tolada and not 
That was the question. The answer is because nigiha and nigifa in the Torah are the same thing. They both mean goring with your horns. Again, nigifa of the Torah is an af. Because nigifa, so there's no question here. Nigifa of the Torah means goring with your horns. When we, right. When we mentioned in that beraita nigifa, we were talking about rabbinic usage of the word nigifa. It doesn't mean with its horns, it means with its body. Do you follow? In other words, I could use the same word. If I'm one of the rabbis, I mean pushing with the body. If I'm God, it's a scary thought. Um, it means goring with your head, right? In other words, that's, so it says the Gemara, hi, this in the Torah, when the Torah says, ki yigof nigifa, quote unquote, it is equal, the same as nigihahi. It is nigiha. Uh, so first things first, the suggestion, and we're going to prove it in a moment, the suggestion is that the question falls away because it was a misunderstanding of the text of the Torah. It was using the way we speak and equating it with the way God speaks. We might you say nigiha, nigifa, the goring and the pushing are different, those two words. The Torah uses those words interchangeably. How so? How are we aware of this? Before we get to Eli's question, Ditanya, after all, the Beraita makes this clear. Patah benigifa v'siyem benigiha. says, if you look in the Pesukim in the Torah, the Pesukim start by initially referring to nigifa, and then conclude with nigihaya in the same chapter, in the same issue of goring. And for some reason, says the Beraita, you started using one word and then you used a different word. But it means the same thing. Lomar lecha zohi nigifa, zohi nigiha. First things first, explains the Beraita. When the Torah uses those languages, it means the same thing. Oh, it means the same thing. Then uh, why are you using different words? That's strange. The Torah doesn't waste words. Okay, that's the next question. But at this point, we've established then that kidin is going to be our category and pushing, which we call negifa, will be a subcategory. Says the Gemara, why is it? Maishin agabe adam dichtiv ki igah, maishin agabe behemad dichtiv ki igof? Question mark. Ask the Gemara, so then why is it that the Torah uses different language, but we added another detail? The other detail is what context does the Torah use it within? We'll take a step back to analyze in a moment. As explains the Gemara, when it's talking about an ox goring a person, it uses that lashon nigiha. When it talks about an ox, uh, goring a animal, it says nigifa. Uh, so first things first, we got two different. Uh, read the pesukim. Let's read them quickly again. shor et ish. Right. So the pasuk is talking about yigach. That lashon nigiha. I know funny Hebrew words, but the gore in that language is talking about to a human being. The other pasuk which we were reading from was vechiyigof shor ish et shorehu. So nigifa is when it goes after an animal. Oh, so we already established something. Later. Yeah, no. No, of course not. Different punishments. So uh, again, so the Torah then suggests this beraita is talking about the same action. It's just being done to different beings. 
One case is to human beings, nigiha, the other case is to animals. Not to be confused with what we listed a few moments ago. When the beraita said, when the statement was, what are the toladot of keren? We said nigifa, we didn't mean gory, we meant over there, pushing forcibly. All right, different languages. Why different wording in the Torah? Answers the Gemara, adam di'it le mazala ketiv ki yigah, behema delet le mazala ketiv Kiyigof. Explains the Gemara the difference between human beings and animals is that human beings have something called mazala and animals don't. And therefore these words are appropriately uh, distinguishing. What does mazala mean? Mazala, we're all starting to think about mazal of some sort, whatever we define that as in our own lives. Second line in Rashi, in the widest lines, the first word you see is mazala. Says Rashi, shiyeshlo. Da'at lishmor et gufo. What does it mean that human beings have mazala? Ironically, people assume that the word mazal means anything but our own self-knowledge and understanding. Says Rashi, what does mazal mean? Your own self-awareness and understanding. That's what it means. Human beings have higher level consciousness. Human beings are more aware of their surroundings, aware of what's happening. And in turn, pause, what would you assume? Easier to gore a human being? or to gore an animal, harder to gore a human being. If a human being has mazala, if you and I are more understanding of what's going on, for an animal to get me is much more difficult than an animal to get an animal. Animals' brains are smaller. Animals' brain capabilities are more limited. Therefore, suggests the Gemara, the difference between animal goring animal and animal goring human being is with regards to the type of goring that would happen. In order to get a human being, it would be more difficult for the animal to gore. In order to get an animal, it would be more easy for it to gore. Nigiha and nigifa, those words used in the Torah, are therefore split as such. What do the words mean? What do the words mean? So says Rashi in the next Dibura Matchil, one of two options. One of two options. Either nigiha means more mindful goring. If I'm going after, put me, put, imagine I'm an ox for a moment, if I'm going after a human being, I'm going to have to be a lot more mindful to get him or her. I'm not going to just be my friend, I'll just go right at them. A human being, they're going to get away. Nigiha then in the first interpretation of Rashi means it's more purposeful, it's more mindful. Second interpretation in Rashi, and I don't know that there's per se a major difference here, fundamentally, is nigiha means more forcibly, not the mindset of the animal, but the force of the animal. You're going after a human being, even after you got them against the wall, you're going to have to really bang into them to really get them, because they're human beings. They'll be elusive and they'll get away. Ultimately speaking, though, it means that for our purposes, the Gemara then has said for us, that nigiha and nigifa, chiyigof and chiyigach. When the Torah uses those words, funny words, we might not be f familiar with them, both mean the same thing. What do they mean? To gore. Why does the Torah use them separately? One for human beings, the other one for animals. What's the difference? Well, nigiha means either more mindful or more uh, forcible, because for human beings, that's what's necessary. Nigifa means less so. I mean, it's just banging into it. That's for a, an animal, all that would be necessary in order to damage them. So it's, with regards to human beings as opposed to animals? Absolutely. With regards to human beings, the animal gets put to death immediately. With regards to animals, it doesn't. There's another... 
There's one more difference that's important to note for the next line in the Gemara. When it comes to human beings, if an animal gores a human being, if your property kills a human being, it gets put to death immediately. What if it doesn't? For whatever reason, it gets out of court and isn't put to death, and it gores another, and kills them. Another, and kills them. And then it's what's now known as a shor mu'ad. Well, it was supposed to die throughout. What's the penalty, so to speak, of an animal? We said, if it's goring you, uh, animals, so now it pays full amount. But over here, it was, you were supposed to be taking its life already. What's the new penalty at the end? So there's a special halakha in the Torah, it's called kofir. There's a ransom amount. There's an amount of money. It's called a kofir uh, that's paid when you've gone after lo'alein, a human being, so many times. It's now a shor mu'ad. It has a penalty in addition to being put to death. We'll address that in a moment. To a question? So if the action of the animal is intentional, and then unintentional, more purposeful, versus less purposeful, wouldn't that be a difference between av and adolidah? If we're saying that's not a difference, then why do we care the difference between av and adolidah at all? Again, you're asking... Because the purpose of the animal is intentionally or purposely attacked. No, but again, when it goes after an animal, it doesn't need as much intentionality. That's the Av. The Torah says, ki gof. So when we say kidin, we're incorporating in it whatever type of goring is necessary in order to kill or to damage. Nigifa or nigiha. Purposeful and intentional when it's a human being and, and forceful, or not that way when it's an animal. So, so that's the same level, so just the difference between Toleda, when it says nigifa, was not talking about goring at all. It was talking about pushing. That was just the language of the rabbis. I know it, it gets, gets a little confusing, but once you just distinguish it in your mind like that, the Torah will use this language, and you and I will use it, that same word, and we'll use it all together differently. It can, you know, kind of. Yes, immediately. Correct. The only difference of shortam and mu'ad by human beings is with regards to kofir. There's a penalty. Right. That's, that's, that's the uh, issue. Okay, says the Gemara. Lastly, you should know that in the Torah, putting these next to each other, not comparing them, but speaking about one and then right afterwards the other one, again, human beings and animals being gored by oxen by a shore. Milta agav urhe kamashma'lan. Milta means a thing. Agav urhe. Agav means on the back of. Urhe means its way. What you and I would say in English, by the way. And a matter, by the way, kamashma'lan, we learn from this. In other words, the Torah's objective is to teach you damages in each of these specific cases. If an animal damages a person, if an animal kills, uh, it kills a person, if an animal damages property. Now, those are two circumstances. You should know we learn something more. We learn about how these connect with one another. What do I mean by that? Before I read onward, let's imagine the following terrible situation. If a person is killed, and then another person, another person by an ox, and then the ox gores into an ox. Is it mu'ad right away? In other words, it's never gored an ox, it's only been going after human beings. No, no, separate incidents, separate days, or whatever. What? So the Gemara will say that since the Torah's language by human beings means the animal had to be more forceful, had to be more intentful, so then it's called shikin. If it's a mu'ad to a human being, it's certainly mu'ad, mu'ad again meaning forewarned and the higher penalty, to an animal. If it goes after the animal and kills it, you have to pay the full amount. What about the flip side? 
What about this animal? It's, listen, it goes up from time to time. It gores a, an animal. It doesn't go after human beings. I've never gone after a human being. So three times it got uh, kill, uh, knocked out uh, other animals. Then the fourth time, it goes after a human being. What's your penalty and such? So certainly the animal gets put to death no matter what. Do you have to pay that extra penalty called kofir or not? Oh, so the suggestion will be you don't. Why not? Because the claim very easily is understood. What do you mean? I knew I had to safeguard my animal. I knew my animal had the capability to damage other animals. To damage a human being? I never realized that. You can't make me fully culpable and, 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 and liable for paying that coffee, that extra penalty. I didn't really get a warning on this. That's what the Gemara will say right now. How's it still around? So that's why I quickly snuck that in there. It means that for one reason or another, we weren't yet able to put it to death, and it escapes. I mean, I would say it's hard to believe, but not so hard to believe. Any court system is, has, has holes in it. So it was brought to court, and it was judged, and they determined it needs to be put to death. All right, we'll handle it. And as they're walking out, it's going, you know, whatever. It could happen. How often is it going to happen in a society where they have a strong justice system? Maybe not that much, but I mean, it's certainly possible. And a matter, by the way, we learn from this different wording. Again, you might say, this whole thing was all technical. I mean, it is, but not just using a different word for human beings. And animals. Okay, it means to gore. The Torah used different words. Didn't need to do that. No, it did need to do that, because we learn another law from that. The Torah is telling you that the action and the mindset of the animal to an animal is different than that to human beings. And in turn, there's a halakha difference. We should understand those words now. If it's mu'ad, which means it was warned three times to a human being, it gored human beings three times, now it goes after an animal. You're going to consider it forewarned or it's a first-time offense? Forewarned. I don't want to after human beings. The owner knows it has a, da- has a dangerous animal. He's forewarned and as a result, full, co- full liability immediately. Alternatively, and in contrast, Mu'ad le behema, if it's gone after animals three times now, if it goes after an animal again, certainly he's going to pay full amount. What if it now kills a person? It will not and should not be uh, liable for full payment to a human being because you say the animal owner says, I didn't realize it was that dangerous. I just knew it had the ability and was going after other animals. I didn't know it was so strong. I didn't know it was so mindful and intentful. All right, that's what we have thus far in the Gemara. So that's what the Gemara did. So let me just uh, review just outside quickly what the Gemara did for us. The Gemara is starting to talk about Kerin. Kerin is the goring, and it's understanding that it's goring with a horn, and it gave us the derivatives, nigifa, pushing, nishicha, biting, etc. Now, we questioned nigifa. We understood that when we say nigifa, we mean pushing forcibly. When the Torah says it, it means goring with its horns. There's just differences between human beings that are damaged or killed and animals. Says the Gemara. Because the Torah tells us otherwise. Now, that's a good question. Okay. He, we learned in Masechet uh, Sanhedrin on the Fayin Bet. Maybe it's Ayin Gimel. Um, so it's Ayin Gimel, actually. So I gotcha. Uh, jokes on you, what? Uh, um, 
Okay, I'm not sure I understand your sivat. It's obviously right. I'm not sure I understand the <laughs> distinction, though. Because it's your property, but we look at it. The idea by human being was we look at you as if you're dead. It's not fair that now you're not liable. It's just the reality by your animal. Okay, I, we have to sharpen it a little bit. But the answer is the Torah explicitly says so. In other words, that, that, that much is clear. Uh, we will deal with this later in the Gemara, in fact. That's, that, that we don't distinguish. With regards to animals, it'll be a question. Yeah, so it's good. But, I mean, we have a lot of time until we get there. But yeah, that uh, important question. As says the Gemara, now this was Charlie's question yesterday. Nishicha, if the uh, animal were to bite, we said that's a derivative. That's a subcategory of kerin. Uh, why is it a subcategory of kerin? Biting sounds like it's doing it with its teeth. Shouldn't that be shin? Oh, but you told me it's a subcategory of kerin. Now you might say, who cares? And we care very much. I'll tell you why. If it's kerin, the first three times that it bites, or if it bit, and it's only going to be liable to half penalty, half amount. If it's a shin, it's going to be liable to full amount from the beginning. So I care very much. In other words, you come, Lo aleinu, your animal comes and bites something on my property. I say, I want full payment. You say, no, the Torah says I only pay half. Same thing, okay? But assuming it's not eating on your, your head, okay? So over here we're talking about biting without eating. Answers the Gemara, questions the Gemara, and in turn you should have to pay a full amount. It says the Gemara, lo. No, it's not so. This is what Elliot answered yesterday for us. He said, listen, shen is defined by eating and benefiting, deriving pleasure. The animal is liable to full amount, or the animal owner rather, um, because their animal didn't just eat, the animal ate and benefits as the Torah. In that situation, you full amount from the beginning. That's if it ate. Over here where it just bit, well, maybe there's a partial benefit, but not really. There's just as much as if it takes its anger out in any other way. That is only going to be considered kerin. It's going to be considered a half payment, says the Gemara. But what about the next case? Revisa. Remember, revisa uberita. Revisa meant squatting when the animal sits down. Berita was when it kicked. Both of those are for to all intents and purposes done with the body, not with the head, not with horns. Shouldn't that be regil? Those were our three. Kerin, the head, the, the horns. This is really, I mean, yes, it's, it's to an animal or to property. Correct. Uh, the examples that Rashid gave for one reason or another are kelim. I guess because you don't imagine it's going to really hurt another animal by kicking it. It's really going to destroy things by kicking it and sit on them. It's going to put an animal as well. Says the Gemara, Tolada de Regelhi, that Be'ita should be considered a Tolada, a derivative, a subcategory of Regel. And again, major difference. How much do I pay in the initial time, the initial three times? Full amount, if it's Regel, full amount. Regel meaning it came from the feet of the animal. If it's Kerin, meaning we imagine from the head, and this is not from the head, well, then you should pay only half. Says the Gemara, lo, regel hezekam masui, hane en hezekam masui. The difference is as follows, regel is not only that it's done with the feet, just like shen was not only that it's done with the mouth. That's too narrow, that's too, that's too narrow in terms of envisioning this. You have to look at the quality of the action. Shen means it derived benefit, not just it was done with the mouth. Keren, no benefit. Regel is defined as hezeko matsui. Hezeko matsui means it's common. How the most common damage an animal will do is by trampling onto someone else's ground. That's the definition in turn of regel. Over here, when I'm dealing with revisa, the squatting on another animal, on another, 
it's just not going to happen as often. It might happen, but it's not going to happen as often. That's clear and that's apparent. Even kicking, apparently, which I would imagine is very not as apparent, not as typical, not as common as regel, and in turn, not considered regel, and considered only kidding. Regel is any time an animal is out in the street or walking around, you assume it's going to trample someone else's car. It's just so often. That's a, the most common thing that's going to happen. You're saying it's hard to quantify? I agree with you. But that's the Gemara's wording on this. At the very least, we can appreciate this much we can. That Regel, the trampling, will happen more, and, and with this, we'll, you know, than kicking and, and squatting. And that's why the Gemara defines it that way. Right. Shen is av. Is 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 nezek shalem. Keren is hatsi nezek. Shen is nezek shalem. You're asking if they both come from shore. How can they have different halachot? Heke. They're both shore. The the payments to the two avs are different. Yes. Keren is the anomaly. Keren is the funny case. The Torah goes out of its way to say, if you gore, you only pay half the first several times. It's the only one of our avot aside for, well, this, this one that we're trying to figure out. But that's all we know, right? So I don't know if the other ones would be full. Yes. Yes. Everything's going to be full except for, it's important to mention, except for Keren. And, well, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to just uh, give a sneak preview already. We're spending a lot of time. Do not. Shen and Reg, only Keren has Tam and Muad. Yes, very important to note. And, sure thing. Um, Keren, the goring, has a difference between half payment and full payment based on how many times. Shen, the benefit from damage, which could be with its mouth or it could be from scratching against the thing or whatever it is, always full amount from the beginning. Regel, trampling, destruction in a very common fashion, typical way, damage, full amount from beginning. That's the major distinction. Now, I'll just mention as a sneak preview by means of this conversation, everything we're looking for throughout over here is which tolada doesn't align with its av? Which subcategory doesn't align with what it falls under, right? That's what we're questioning because Rav Papa at the very beginning told us sometimes the categories in uh, damages directly accord, the same laws. Sometimes they don't. Uh, so what we're looking for, just to give you a, a sneak preview, is the one case outside of Keren, the one subcategory of something else where it starts off as half as opposed to full. And that's the trick to this whole thing. We're ultimately speaking going to find one case where for one reason or another, even though you read ahead, you know the case? Oh, so far, there's only one case that's half, the glory. That's right. It's going to remain that way the whole time until we find somehow we discover one case where even, it's, even though it's a toladav regel, it's the trampling type of action, you're still paying half. That'll be the trick. That'll be the solution. Apparently, that is exactly like goring. That's yeah, beaita. Half. 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 Beaita is tolada de kere. Even though it's the foot, since it's not common enough, even though you're telling me it is, but even though it's not common enough, that's why it's not going to be regular. It seems like the goring is the most aggressive of the bunch. The other ones could be unintentional, but the goring is intentional. 
It might be the most intentional, but it's also maybe the, the least that you as the owner have to fear it's going to do. How often are they out in the open going to go and gore? You don't need to be, the fact that it's going to eat and trample, that's a lot more it's going to happen. Concludes the Gemara now on this matter. So let's just see. It says the Gemara, Lo regel hezekan matzui hane en hezekan matzui. Period. Ela. And this is the punchline for us now. Toldotehen lav kayotze bahen de'amar of papa ahaya. Question mark. So therefore, says the Gemara, the way this whole story began was with a statement of this rabbi, Rav Papa. Rav Papa said sometimes the subcategories are like the categories. Sometimes toldotehen kayotze bahen, like on Shabbat, same laws. Sometimes they're not the same, right? Now we gave me four by Kaden, four by the Goring, the squatting and the kicking and the, so all those. But they're identical to Kaden. There's nothing different about them. Are you going to tell me that they have a different law than Kaden? Why would you make that argument? Can't be. So it means that I'm still stuck. I'm going to say the Gemara Ahaya. What was he talking about? Ilema. Perhaps you'll say Ahane. It's on these, these four derivatives, these four subcategories of, of Keren. Maishina. Keren de Kavanato lehazik. When it comes to goring, the definition of goring is not just that the head and horn hit something else. It's rather a little broader than that. Number one, Kavanah lehazik. The animal had intention to damage. Number two, its financial and safeguarding responsibility is upon you. Are these any different than that? These are no different. Hane name, hane means these, name means as well. Kavanatan lehazik, when it squats, when it kicks, when it does any of those actions, its intention is not to benefit, but rather to damage. Says the Gemara, it's clear in our list of everything. We're searching far and wide. Rav Papa, I wish you made it more clear for us, but you didn't. You told us there's going to be some cases where the subcategory is the same as the category, and some some situations otherwise. This one is not the otherwise. This one is clearly it follows it. He said sometimes it's going to be similar. We want to, it's, it's, this is not, it's, this one is, we want to find the dissimilar, right? That's, that's correct. The chika marav papa, and Rav papa's statement therefore must have been Hashem v'regel. Must have been in the domain of Shen and Regal. What are we going to do now that we talk about Shen and Regal? We're going to do the exact same. It's very organized Gemara. It's going to start off and say, Shen and Regal, where are they in the Torah? That's what we did by Keren. Then it's going to say, okay, what are their Toladot? And it's going to detail that. And then it's going to question the Toladot. And then ultimately it's going to say, okay, so what do I know about the Av, the category? What are the subcategories? Why should we distinguish? And then we'll move from there. So everything we just did in Keren, if you review it in your mind, is about to take place with the others, with Shen and Regal. And then, uh, then with Bor, and then with Ish, until we figure this one out. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen. Baruch